0: Few industries inspire passion like sports, but the business of sports has created issues that are too complex for the casual approach that we enjoy in typical sports talk shows. We've developed this podcast to host in depth conversations about those topics with people who can help us learn. So grab your favorite beverage and join us for intelligent sports talk in the Coffee Pod. Today on The Coffee Pod, we're here with Justin Pacinger. Yes. Uh, we are graced with the presence of somebody, a member of the NCAA. Correct. I'm very excited to talk to Justin about what he does for the NCAA, especially how he got to that point in his life, in his career. Yeah. So that's really what kind of we want to hear for this episode more than anything, is just kind of the path that led you to where you are now. Okay. Yeah, so, But let's start from the very beginning. Where'd you grow up? Kind Ooh. of what was your childhood like? Taking me back. Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: So I am from Los Angeles, California. Okay. Born and raised, uh, South Central, Los Angeles, to be exact. So, um, from an area that is uh, notoriously known for right. um, And I say notorious with in all its due meaning. Yeah. Um, And uh, grew up in South Central. Families from there. Um, Most of my family is still there now. Um, I actually uh, my home high school though was Crenshaw High School. Wow. Um, but my uh, actually ended up going to Beverly Hills High School. No way! I did. It's actually not on two one two, which people think is two one zero, but it's two one two. across the street lives. is two one zero. But the the way it sits, uh, you know, my my there's there's some to give more context. Around when we went there, my um, dad and uncles were coaches there. My uncle was an AD there.
0: Oh, okay. Um,
1: ended up becoming the first uh, African American principal there in the mid two thousands as well. Great. Um, they all went there. Um, lots of family friends went there. My two brothers came through that school. So, um, back when it was time for my uncles and my dad to go to high school, my grandparents wanted a, a better, better educational experience. And the middle school they were going to was actually feeding into Beverly Hills High. So they ended up going to Beverly and, uh, been there ever since. Oh, so, well,
0: look at that. Yeah. That's great. So, okay, growing up in South Central, okay. Beverly Hills High, so what was that like in terms of kind of your sports interests, where it led you, wh- yeah. when you started to kind of get the itch to be more involved in sports? Yeah, so I played
1: sports my entire life, mm-hmm. um, primarily basketball, football, and, and baseball. Okay. Football was a sport that, that I always had a calling for, I would say, or, or a love for. Big football family, actually, a big baseball and football family. Mm. Um my uncle, one of my uncles played baseball in college. Um, all my uncles played baseball. My dad was a pitcher, left-handed pitcher, um, but they also all played football as well. Uh-huh, okay. And so, you know, I really wasn't.
0: Just like Tim Tebow, it sounds like, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, you know, we, we my, I say we, myself and my middle brother, at least, um, never played Pop Warner football, which most children did in, in our neighborhood, but my father was big. Um, he thought that. The contact at such a young age could stunt growth or development or uh, you start to learn, you start to master bad habits because the coaching wasn't as up to par at that level. Mm-hmm. And so he always thought, and he had coached guys who didn't play, and they went through high school and ended up going to college and even went mm-hmm. to the pros. So we never played Pop Warner, and it's amazing how most of the other kids we grew up with, even some family who did, and none of them played in college, and we did. Wow. And it was always sort of this dynamic of they got they gotta play Pub Warner. Gotta yeah, play, yeah. get him started early and he's like, No, nah, they don't need it. Once they get to high school, he he was coaching us, my uncles were coaching us, others were coaching us. He said, if they have quality coaching in those those formative years in high school, they'll be fine. And most others said, no, nah, they gotta play Pop Warner. We were one two of few that actually didn't do that, but then also went on to play college ball. My brother is still in the NFL now, who went on to extend his career. Who is
0: from what I understand if you want to finish my sentence here, a uh, Super Bowl. He is a Super Bowl champion, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. I mean that's no small feat. It
1: is not. His and and it, it happened in his first year in the NFL. And wow. he was an undrafted free agent as well. No way. Yeah. Well, so, good for him. Yeah, it's been it's been fun. He we grew up, we were really we grew up and are still very close. And Great. so um definitely push each other. I can remember, remember countless hours in the backyard playing basketball or Mm -hmm. football or or just you know hitting the ball to stick or something just constantly competing and uh, he recently got married this past may and i remember we kind of had a moment just sat and reflected on just where we were in life and i like man do you remember those out i count you you couldn't keep us indoors we want to be outside just Mm -hmm. we want to be outside just competing and competing and competing and um He said he thinks about that a lot sometimes, like how that's helped him. And I told him it helped me for sure Um, because you constantly have someone who's learning you more than anyone else. So he knows exactly which buttons to push. He knows exactly your weaknesses, your strengths, and so he's going to play in those. And so he pushed me more in those regards, definitely in our earlier years than anyone else because we were constantly competing. Um, Probably my... I, I, high school played football. Um I, I did track and field, the shot put. Uh, I even wrestled one year, played baseball for a year. Um but knew that football was my was my deal. But I was I was average. And really, what position were you in football? Yeah, so I was offensive lineman. Okay. Range I played I played guard one year, played tackle one year. Um and my sophomore year played varsity. I was a guard. I was a tackle that year. As a junior
0: I was a guard. Um and That was, makes sense because you, guards, generally speaking, don't need to be the biggest guy on the line, but they need to be quick. Correct.
1: So centers, guards are quick. Yeah. Um, tackles are are usually your your bigger guys, but are very athletic, can move, um, and you know honestly, I I had, I knew I wanted to play college ball, but I didn't really understood. I didn't really understand what it took, and it took it took some people around me, um, those who who had went on to play college. So my. End of my junior year, one of the alignment from my sophomore year came back. He was playing at a Division Three school, and um, I was working out. and I always had a I always loved working out. I was in a weight room before school and usually at lunch or even after school after practice. And he said that he thought that I could be better than he was, and probably one of the best alignment that the school had ever seen. And this is someone I just he was that guy for me. I wanted to play like him, wanted to be like him, and I I don't know that I'd ever really thought critically about okay could I really play what I wanted to play was division one football Mm -hmm. and we talked for maybe three hours just about what it took what the mindset has to be what he has seen um, how he aspired to be division one but why he went d3 and um, he, he challenged me in a way of saying if this is what you want go get it and we'll look up in a year and see if you achieved your goal <clears throat> he said you've got to get stronger in this area you've got to improve your lifts in this area you've got to drop your 40 time here you've got to improve in these areas of your game on ball and he said i'm gonna watch you throughout the season to see if you're doing those things and it was kind of like a lot a, a fire was lit honestly it, it and and it, i'm one if you challenge me i'm going to step up to the challenge and so he would call and he say know just remember I'm, I'm watching you and so i just remember. Um, you couldn't keep me out of the weight room. I was just training and training and training and completely transformed my um, my entire football athletic ability platform in every single way. Um, all my lifts went up 50 to 100 pounds. Uh, 40 time came down nearly three-tenths of a second. Um, wow. Just playing at a completely different level that even I had not even thought I could play at. And that started to get some interest and in some and some looks. Um, but for Division One offensive linemen, I was short. I was short. I was strong, could play, but I was short um, by the the mainstream right, standards, right. if you will. And um, you know, I just I remember telling myself I can play Division One. If I get a shot, I can I can play Division One. And so, I just kept working and kept meeting with, with coaches and, and recruiting and all that type of stuff. And um, ended up going to San Jose State out of out of high school. Um and actually my dad had taken a job there my senior year as the tight ends coach. And oh, wow. so yeah, and so I was actually looking at some other schools and he happened to show the online coach uh, Charlie Roach my tape. And um he said, Hey, he's a little undersized, but he can play and I remember having a conversation with Coach Roach and he said, Hey, I know you you your your height is limiting you but he said, I think if you get here and really commit, you can have a you can have a solid career. So up north, six hours north I went and That's um, right. Um, and at the time, and still is, and it's considered a, a mid major. making some gains, mm-hmm. and but definitely at the time a a mid to low major in Division One, uh, FBS. Um, it, and really, what a lot of folks don't know when I tell the story is that when I got there, they were actually considering getting rid of football. No way. At San Jose State. So this would
0: have been like two thousand four ish.
1: Yes, 3 four, absolutely. Um, and uh, the coach at the time uh it was just one of those they they were literally having meetings and and votes and board meetings and and whatnot to consider you know not having football anymore and uh came down to a final vote and they they decided to retain it wow. and uh we ended up getting it was a coaching transition head coach was was let go, and probably ninety percent of the staff as well including my father mm-hmm. were let go um but we got a new coach and coach Dick Tony who came back and I mean, he's had a great career as a coach at you know, his time in Hawaii and Arizona. He spent some time in Texas, the NFL. Um, and uh, he completely transformed everything about what we knew to be high-level Division One football. I mean, really, really pushed us. And it wasn't easy for him. I mean, he had to come in and really, you know, a quote-unquote clean house of those who wanted to be there and those who were committed to it.
0: But and the, you made the cut. That's huge. I did. I, I
1: mean. did, yeah. And... um it was, it, it was challenging at first, but fun to see the transformation. The school started to rally behind us, um, us and, and us kind of being the, the, the face of athletics at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, went to San Jose State and um, started out. I wanted to be a uh, teacher, in fact.
0: Oh, yeah? What level? I wasn't
1: sure. I wasn't sure. Uh, I've got a, a, a good number of aunts and uncles for educators. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I started out kind of undecided. Actually, well, a lot of folks don't know, too, but I actually started as an aviation major. At no Central way. State. Yeah. So this is the type of stuff we love to hear yeah. in the podcast. <laughs> we love it. I was uh, started as an aviation major my very first year, and um, I it really came down to as I progressed in that, I'd have to make a decision between football and, and aviation just because of the demands and hours and right. classes. And, um, you know, meeting with the advisor, she's, you got to choose football got me here, you know. Football's paying for here. So, right. you know, it. it is. And then I just thought, you know, I'm, I'm all old I Can not really fit in a small Cessna plane? I, I don't know if that's going to fit either. So we made a change. Went undecided. And uh, I was doing my generic courses and ended up taking a child and adolescent development class. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Very, very fascinated by
0: it. What was I, your favorite I, part of the whole subject?
1: Oh, my goodness. Just the the idea of... I was so intrigued by how much... Uh, the research and the, and the books and professors knew about children uh, to me children were such a such a mystery it's so unpredictable right? there's so much mystery around it but just the idea of, 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 of cues and, and cultural uh, cues and, and social cues and um, looking for subtle behavioral traits and um, how we as adults and environmental elements within that child's life um, can impact their Long-term development was fascinating to
0: me. Like the little social learning oh, theory goodness. type of
1: thing. Yeah, you know, they come out with a, the, what's the term, tabula rosa, or just kind of a blank slate. But then mm-hmm. as you, you're in this world and your environment, in your home, school, um, uh, any kind of interaction just at such a young age can impact 20, 30, 40, fit for a lifetime. So that, that really grabbed me grabbed me early. Um, and I like children. I like kids. I like development and that type of deal. Um, I like human development ideas and topics. And so it just kind of resonated with me. I had a fantastic professor who um, just through her passion for it also kind of sold me on it a little bit. So I declared um, CHAD, Child and Adolescent Development. And uh, my senior semester, which ended up being, got done a little early, so ended up being my sophomore year of football, um, which was my senior year of school, I had to work in a child care lab hmm. and, um, and had to do, had to work uh, kind of a practical learning experience too, with some different grades. And i tell you what, I got to about grade five and some of the practical learning in the classroom setting and just realized this, I can't do this day to day. I didn't, I liked it in theory. I liked it on paper, but the actual practice of it was so stressful. But I was three months away from graduating from my undergrad. So I finished that out. Yeah. And I was kind of this crossroad of where am I going to go now?
0: And so. And you're only in your sophomore year of football at this time.
1: Correct. So I still have two more of ball left at yeah. this point.
0: So are you thinking like graduate degree? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and really exploring options. Mm-hmm. And I had an advisor, my life skills advisor at the time. Um, and I guess to that point, I was also involved with our student-athlete advisory committee. Um, I was also involved with the conference-wide student-athlete advisory committee as well um, for the Western Athletic Conference, the WAC. And, um, you know, really helping her with some of the programming she was developing for our student-athletes and loved that, too. But never really thought of – I had, to that point, I had never thought about a career in sports. I had never saw myself or even considered a career in athletics. As much as I loved the student-athlete development side, as much as I loved just talking shop with our coaches and our ADs and the president about matters related to the school or to, to running an athletic department or our, our fundraising department, I just – I was – I was intrigued to learn about it, but never did I see myself in that role. And she said, well, why don't you consider a career in sports, a career in a college athletics? And it was kind of like this light bulb. Huh. How do you do that? She's like, well, there actually is a really good sport management program here. And the benefit of the program is that in the Bay Area, you have access to so many professional sports and the sports organizations. Oh, yeah. And thankfully and luckily, the, the, the head of that program – was was huge in the bay area community as far as uh events and programs so a big portion of her curriculum was very little in the classroom but more we were volunteering at events we were at uh whether it was working the pebble beach golf tournament or um i got to work got got to work the um oh my god the pac-12 women's basketball tournament Mm -hmm. um Got to and work it, and all that. And standing here with some of the best coaches in in all of women's basketball. Um, you had the Sharks. You had you had Golden State. You had the Raiders. You had the Niners. Niners. I mean, the list goes on. We had minor league baseball team there that we would work with. Um, it was huge, and so um, it's like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> I can absolutely do that. Mm-hmm. But I was at this also this time of okay, so now I'm full time student athlete. So I still got football. I'm a full time graduate student. I, at this point now, going to my junior year of football, so into my first year of grad school, I was elected president of SAC for student athletes on campus at San Jose State, then also elected vice chair of SAC for the conference. Okay.
0: So, so explain to me really quickly what what exactly SAC absolutely. is. So SAC, S A A
1: C, is a student athlete advisory, advisory committee. Um, it is a group of student athletes um, on campus that are sort of your. Uh, basically put the voice of your student athletes. They come together once, twice a month, and they're discussing issues related to student athletes. Generally, there's going to be two to three reps, maybe four reps per team present. and they are they are they are going to bring concerns, hot topics, discussion points, thoughts on behalf of their team to that general meeting, that whole that whole meeting. And there'll be dialogue around it. There'll be, um, that group will also help plan community service events or, or other programs or workshops. They'll work with that, that student athlete, athlete development administrator to develop those workshops. They really are your, your student athlete leaders in a sense, depending. That's general speaking. Every campus does it differently. But for us at that time, we, we were the leaders of our student athletes. We helped plan events. We helped um, really uh, be, a, be a champion for our fellow student athletes with their concerns, their wants, their needs, um, and, and sort of a bridge between the student-athletes and administration, if you will.
0: I was just thinking that. It sounds yeah. kind of like a liaison Correct. between two.
1: Yeah, AD would come to the meetings or Deputy or AD would come to meetings. meetings. Our, our um, other administrators would come to the meeting, FAR, whatever it may be, compliance, and they would educate us. We then go back and educate our student-athletes. Hmm. There could be a topic maybe of concern or that they need input on. They come and tell us. Would then go get the feedback from student-athletes, our, our peers on our teams, bring that back, and then we move from there. Um, we also looked at legislation, you know, from the national office to the conference office to the schools. And we would, we would look at it, give a student-athlete position from San Jose State, send it to the WAC, then the WAC sends it up to the national level. So,
0: so you did that while you were a graduate student, while you were playing football full-time. And I'm, I'm assuming you have to be an athlete in order to even qualify to do that. Correct. So Correct. To be on to be on SAC. Correct. That's a heavy workload. And then I was also oh, a graduate wow.
1: assistant in the athletic department for for life skills student athlete development.
0: <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> and
1: the the unique benefit I have with that is, at San Jose State, at the time, that GA spot really did run all things student athlete development. Now I had a an administrator who. Um, I reported to and oversaw it, but the bulk of the day to day, and I, you know, I handle making calls, and planning schedules, and as far as the programming goes, planning events and and those the list goes on. So it was it was a lot to juggle. It was a lot to juggle, but the benefit of it all was a great chance to engage and network with our administration, both in the athletic department and on campus. A great way to engage and network with the administration at the conference level. My next year, um, I, so my senior year, I became president of SAC for the conference again, served as president again for the, for the campus as well. So now I was the, the, I guess the, point of contact for the conference for all student athletes. And what that meant was I went to, uh, meetings twice a year with the commissioner, his staff, every AD from the conference, uh, from the, from the conference, every senior woman administrator from the conference, every faculty athletic rep from the conference. And, um, I mean, you talk about just a, a huge growth opportunity to, to really
0: network you, and
1: oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. And, and just learn, mm-hmm. just learn and, and be able to represent all the student athletes of the of the WAC was an honor um, and a role that I took very seriously. Um, but also just it really opened my eyes up to this could be something I could do. You know, I want to be someone that's a, a high ranking administrator within this 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 industry, um, working and championing on behalf of other student athletes to create an experience that, that is life-changing for them. Absolutely. And, and understanding that it comes it comes with politics and understanding that it comes with um, considerations that we as student athletes don't always see. Um, but knowing that I, I welcome that as well. And so through that did that and um, but still had a great career. was doing very well. and um, was looking like a possible chance at least a look at the NFL. Um, I started for four years, had a great career, was battling some injuries, but still was producing. Um, had, uh, we had some success. We started to get success my sophomore year when we were going to our first bowl game in 19 or, 19 or 20 years, I believe. Winning it as well. Which um, bowl and what uh, year and who was it against? We went to the New Mexico Bowl in 2006 against um, University of New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And we won. Beat them on their own. And we hit turf. That was the inaugural New Mexico Bowl as well. You know, we got the W, first first bowl game and first bowl win in nearly two decades. Uh,
0: the, you, so you've had a fantastic career to this point, not just in football, but really in life. I mean, yeah. you're talking taking advantage of every little opportunity you've yep. been given. Absolutely. To the, and, and let's be honest, you sacrificed a lot to get there. I mean, you're sure. talking, you could have just been living the life as a college athlete, sure. just getting by. sure. But I said you chose to be like this is the platform that I'm going to use as my foundation, to really propel my career in any which direction it can go. Correct. And I love hearing that.
1: You know, it's I, I tell folks all the time. They ask, you know, and I thank you for saying that. No, no and, problem. And they ask, you know, what what drove you, and you know, I thought back to where I came from, and by all means, I'm very proud of where I come from, and and it is a huge part of who I am. But I always know I was. I wanted to be better than where I came from. And and I say that meaning that there was so much more out there for me to achieve and to attain that I saw countless individuals, um, young minority males just like myself, and some as close as first cousins, who we call it, they, they kind of gave into the LA life, the, the South Central LA life, where it's really easy to get consumed by the streets and by that lifestyle, or to accept mediocrity, to accept just an, an average... Um, sort of lack of ambition, if you will, and, and just saw a lot of individuals who, who went down that path and I never wanted that and had had parents and family and a support system that wouldn't allow me to to go down that path either. And so it was a sacrifice. There was a lot of, a lot of parties missed and a lot of you know social elements of college that were sacrificed, but you know I, I wouldn't change it for anything at this point. And, that's great. You know that then led me to an opportunity here at Texas Tech. You know I left college and um, my senior year. I mentioned you know looking at the NFL, but had a recurring back injury my senior year. And um, in fact, my my entire lumbar is now fused from that injury.
0: Ooh. And yeah. just the
1: way you moved your hands yeah. just makes me cringe. <laughs> yeah. So you know it's it was it was devastating to say the least. You know ball was gone and it was not gone on my terms.
0: Right. You know that's the hardest. That part. That was the hardest
1: part in my identity. I, I underestimated how much of my identity was tied to football, and it made me appreciate the struggles of other teammates as well when ball was over for them, whether it was this their last game and their time had come and win or through injury or whatever it may be. If you just identify with was for so long, and it's you work so hard at it day in and day out, and that once it's gone, it's, it's hard. It really is hard. I was fortunate that I was high-achieving and was pushed in a way that, you know, I came out on the back end. After my senior year, I had two degrees. You know, I was a semester away from getting a graduate degree. You know, I, I had networked with, you know, great individuals and, you know, had a platform that was going to help me succeed or at least take a, a quality next step. Where a lot of, have a lot of I'm not going to say men, a lot of athletes in general, men and women, don't have that and don't have people in their corner to guide them in that way. And, you know, and that was really the eye-opening piece for me of, how can I help others not feel what I'm feeling right now? Um, and I'm in a position where I have options. Yeah. Right. So imagine those that didn't take advantage or mm-hmm. didn't or don't have those options. They've kind of coasted because they, for whatever reason, or they've got a degree that they really haven't really thought in depth on how they're going to apply that or their next steps. And now you take the one thing that they've identified with for 10 plus years. That's a scary place to be. And the reality of it is, too, once you're done, and that's why we work so hard now. We're doing now at say, Hey, but once you're done is, uh, the death of the time it, you, you were done, you know, the, the, your administration, your coaches had, had another crop of student athletes. They had to focus their energy on and, and not saying that San Jose state or, or most institutions turn their back their student athletes, but you're, you're no longer in the mix. You know, you, yeah. you, you gotta go kind of figure it out now. So. You're
0: not as vital to the program uh, for one. And that's just the nature of the beast. Right. I mean, that's just how Correct. it is. It's nothing, no real knock on them at Correct. all. Correct. Correct. Um, and yeah, they just gotta say, well, you gotta go do you now, you, you, go know? Do you
1: And if you're not prepared for that, then what do you do?
0: Yeah. You know what if you
1: what if what if co- your time your five years in college was uh, an escape from a bad situation back home, you know? And do you go back to that situation? Mm-hmm. And then now you're trying to fend for yourself again. Do you? Um, that's why a lot of guys stayed in San Jose, that were from South Central L A. or or other equivalent type environments. They stayed because they knew. They knew they go back to that life, that's the life that they were going to go. That's the path they were gonna go down. And so they stayed and, and they 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 found their path eventually the, the path they needed and they wanted eventually. And um you know that really that feeling, I'll never forget that feeling of just being lost. Um and
0: even and this is coming from somebody who had an amazing resume. Right. So like you had you like you had said before. Right.
1: And so um, but you know, again, I, I had, I had networked and, and had opportunities and had people in my corner who were helping and, um, got connected with Felicia Martin here at Texas Tech.
0: Who we talked to, uh, on a podcast. Heard, correct. Yeah. Well, she was, uh, one of the first guests we had on here. Very good. Yeah. Felicia's awesome. Phenomenal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so
0: got connected with her. We had a conversation. She encouraged me to apply,
1: I Applied went through the entire process, um, got hired and started October 1st, 2009.
0: Let's talk about that. You yeah. you you came here. What were you expected to do? What was your exact role Correct. and let's so talk I, about the ins and outs? Yeah, I got
1: hired. I got hired here as a life skills coordinator, um, and also an academic advisor for men's and women's golf. So, once the process, came here. So really, my my charge was everything's student athlete development um, to create a program. You know, create a a platform where. We were offering quality, high-level programming for our student-athletes around personal development, professional development, career development, um, uh, wellness, uh, What it, the, the list goes on. Um, you know, make make connections across campus and the community. You know, build a robust, holistic program um, and resource offering for our student-athletes. On top of also being an academic advisor for men's women's golf, um, it was fun. I remember coming, and I was so... And I had my first big boy job and I was first out of college and had all these ideas and it it and it was so much fun. It was an adjustment moving from California, you know, L.A., San Jose to Lubbock,
0: Texas. What was the biggest adjustment while we're on the topic? I was just curious about that. Yeah,
1: um, the weather. You know, I get pretty spoiled in California with the weather.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, culturally,
1: it was a challenge. Um, just not being sure how or if I fit in certain environments um, and, and during some pretty obvious um, attention that was not positive, to say that as quickly best as I can. <laughs> um, you walk in a restaurant and eyes turn to you or right. you're with a group of friends and everyone gets served except you and, and those type of things. And, and, and it happened. And, and, and it's, you know, it's it's I'm going to say this. It it
0: was actually a good thing for me.
1: <clears throat> and I'm going to say that because.
0: I just hate hearing that. It's like, that's not a good thing for anyone to experience. But pl- I'll hear you out. Because I'm sure you have. I mean, you can learn from anything. So I get that. So I
1: come from California. Uh-huh. Very diverse. I come from Los Angeles. Very diverse. Challenges, yes. Uh, uh, obstacles, yes. But I was always very, I was always in very diverse environments. High school was very diverse. My high school was. We had a high population of, of Persians. We had Asian. We had African-American. We had Mexican. I mean, we had the list goes on. Um, college, San Jose, the Silicon Valley, the Bay Area, just a melting pot. But that wasn't the rest of this country. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the rest of this world. So really, in a sense, I was I was aware. I was aware, um, but really didn't understand the depth of, of that dynamic in society. And so it made me it made me more aware. It made me more aware of my actions. It made me more self-aware of myself. It made me more aware of my environment. It made me more aware of, of it made me tap in more to um, the concerns of society, the concerns of this nation, the concerns of this world, because my reality was very different from the reality that most faced. And so it allowed me to be more in tune with the, overt, the bigger picture of our times, not just the comfort in which I was experiencing back home in California. You know, it, it was the first year socially, personally, was an adjustment. It was adjustment, those elements,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: finding a, a core friend group that I could trust. Right. Um, you know, we're, I, I've never listened to country. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how to – the, the two-step the two for me is very different than the two-step that I I learned here. And, you know, you got
0: you're talking to, Sierra. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> From like, I Sierra. Know that, like you know? I'm, I'm the thinking R. Kelly two-step. Yeah. I'm not thinking,
1: you know, right, right, left or whatever. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I don't – it's so I had friends who were trying to teach me that, and um, but professionally, from the jump it was great. You know, Felicia was a fan, has been and, and continues to be a fantastic uh, mentor, friend, colleague, um, to who really pushed me and challenged me, um, in everything that I did because she, um, I'll say, saw something in me and, and knew the potential that I had and and wanted to tap into that, and she did. Um, had a great support from even Coach Myers and to Kirby coming on and his both of their support of student athlete development, the coaches buying in, student athletes buying in, um, staff immediately within the academic center really supporting it. And I was I was fortunate, man, really, really fortunate to have so much support and really given the ability to grow it and do it as as I envision it and making making some great strides in the development of our student-athletes. You know, you, you always want to do more and more and more, but I, I feel good about what we did and what we accomplished. And uh, that, just through that work, led to opportunities to work with the Big 12 and in, in um, uh, developing and rolling out a leadership a leadership summit, rather, for the entire conference that we actually hosted here in 2000 and. 2010 or 11, we hosted here in Texas Tech for all the Big 12.
0: What is a leadership summit exactly? Entail? Yeah, it,
1: uh, and you know, I'm not sure if they're still conducting it, but it, it was the Big 12 leadership summit. Uh, every school in the Big 12 sent four student athletes to a two and a half, three day leadership summit. That was, um, we did activities, we did reflections, we did discussions around leadership, and then those new prepared leaders went back to, to their campuses and led and then helped create other leaders on their campus and so it rotated from school to school each year so Kansas hosted the first year uh, a lot of fun a lot of fun and so really even learning myself learning from that experience and what's being done on other campuses as far as leadership and bring that back to our student athletes and so that opportunity and then I got opportunities to do some facilitation work for the NCAA. Um, and I developed some curriculum around personal branding and social media that they uh, liked and, you know, would send me out to present on, facilitate on, uh, facilitated some of their programs, in fact, some programs that I am overseeing now in my role. Mm. And uh, in 2013, um, there was an opportunity at the national office and my now, my boss now, um, we had some discussions, he encouraged me to apply and, and here we are. So it'll be three years this September.
0: Look at that, yep. NCAA. And so now you're living in Indiana. Living in Indiana. Um,
1: Which, down, that's downtown, Indianapolis, right? Indianapolis, yeah. downtown, national office. Um, I am the associate director of leadership development, and uh, my primary focus is I oversee and lead all of our efforts in our department towards student-athlete development, student-athlete programming, from our career sports forum to our student-athlete leadership forum to um, we do uh, behavioral assessments that we provide to campuses, we do. We have programs uh, specifically designed to administrators on campus, much like I was, to help train them to be better professionals and administrators on their campus through facilitation workshops, leadership academy workshops. Um, we've had a program with the Warden School of Business currently where we bring in administrators to, to train them on a very high level in leadership and management wow. and manage strategy. The best
0: of the best. Right. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: the list goes on. And our department serves student-athletes, coaches, and administrators. So we have roughly about 24 to 26 programs we conduct annually, um, from student-athletes to your top-ranking administrators, commissioners, and and ADs, and the list goes on. So a lot of fun, challenging. Um, The biggest challenge is that I've faced in my three years was coming from a very um, D1-focused background, playing and, and working, to now having to... To address the needs of all three divisions, and all student athletes, and all schools, and all administrators. So I I, I can I understood the dynamic of Division One from both the mid-major standpoint and the the Power Five standpoint having been in both environments. What I did not have, what I was not well versed in, was Division Two and Division Three. And so it's been a phenomenal opportunity to learn more about the challenges, the priorities, the the goals, the missions, the focus of those two divisions as well um, because it, it, it has widened my scope and my perspective, but it's made me a better administrator and allow myself and our staff to kind of uh, open up our thinking outside the box to create programming that can impact the, the, the majority and not so focus on one particular subset of, of athletics. Um, I mean, you think Division Three is our largest division, right? And those student athletes... I didn't know that. They are. Yeah. And so those student athletes... And division two, and then division one. They all need development, leadership, life skills, whatever it may be. Communicate, whatever it may be. It's 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 not just uh, well you've got to do it this way for division one or this way for uh, leadership, uh, life skills, uh, career readiness. It's all the same. It's all the same, and so we've we've uh, we're doing some fun things. We're doing some fun programs, fun initiatives, um, some fun partnerships. really working to to make an impact, a life-changing impact um, with with as many student-athletes, coaches, and administrators that we can every day.
0: What you were talking about, I mean, how you got to the NCAA is is an awesome path. And, like, one that just seemed to keep, like, rising and rising. Like, it was just like, wow, what's next? What's next? And it was, like, all in line, too, right. which is actually kind of rare. Right. That yours was, like, so in line with what you had started with in college. Sure. Now... What are your goals from here? Maybe, maybe you don't really have any specific ones, but maybe you do. Yeah. I mean, anything you'd like to share? For Absolutely. That? You know, I. My my overall goal is to continue to make an
1: impact on lives lives of others, particularly student athletes, collegiate student athletes, coaches, and administrators. When I, when I took the job at the national office, I knew I was going to miss campus. I was going to miss the day to day. We don't get the day to day with student athletes. Mm. That is a very fun, fulfilling part of the job. Stressful part of the job, but fun, and fulfilling too. And I thought I, I would want to come back to that three, four, five, six years maybe. But the more I'm at the national office, not I saying I, I don't right. s- foresee that, but the more I'm at the national level, I really do appreciate the the reach that I'm able to have and our department is able to have, where, you know, say here at Texas Tech we had four hundred and fifties, four hundred and seventy student athletes, which is great. We did a lot of great work for those student athletes. But the ability to possibly reach hundreds of thousands of student athletes is I love that I love that ability I love being able to be at the the forefront of developing not just student athletes but those that are also on campus and the conference level serving those student athletes I love I've I've got this new sort of passion for you know I always want to be an AD I just thought I'm, I'm gonna be an AD I'm gonna be an AD but now I'm thinking more maybe I I like more of I don't know if I want that actual job of being, that chair of being an AD, but could I help develop the individuals that are going to be those ADs one day? Right. Give, give them the, help them build their path to that. And when they get there, they're prepared and ready for that opportunity. I, I like the development of, of people, if, if that makes sense. And, Absolutely. And, and have the opportunity to do that at a very high level, obviously, where I'm at now. So I, I don't know what the next step is, I just know that I wanted to be in the same regard as what I'm doing now, if that is, if that in some fashion is back on campus or uh, still at the national office, we'll see. I, I don't know, but I do know, and
0: I, I jokingly in my older years now of thirty one mm-hmm. in a week, but in a week, yeah, I'm in like four weeks or some three and a half twenty twenty fifth.
1: Ah, the ninth. ninth, next Friday. Man, yep, man. Um, but it it. it we go back, we, we talk, when we talk leadership and, and most of our programs talk self-awareness. And I would say probably in the last two to three years, my awareness of what I want to do and where I want to go has become more and more clear. And it really has centered around and focused on the development of people and helping them be the best they can be, be transformational in their lives. And I don't want credit. I don't want to be up front. I've realized that about myself. I'll go and speak and I'll engage as much as I need to, but... I like being behind the scenes. I like helping people reach their goals, reach their dreams, you know, being that 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 lays onto their dreams for them and seeing them shine and seeing them grow and and be all they could be. That's that is definitely where I'm at and where
0: I want to go. I think, if I may, mm-hmm. this seems like it speaks to something greater and something that I think should reflect on more people, and that's more what's happening. I feel like just by observing this, by hearing you talk about this. Is that you 're loving the situation you 're in, no matter what situation you 're in sure. you know i mean you're, you you start at San Jose State University and you made it there, you played football, you start taking on these other roles, and at first, you had this other major that you thought you'd really like, which you did, but then you 're thinking you know in the long run i don 't think this is for me. Right. You made the wise decision to switch over. you start doing other things as a a, a student athlete that 's more kind of like how are we going to help be a liaison between the university and the organizations that help us. And then you go along and you get to Texas Tech, you get a job here, and and you're sitting here thinking, like, this is awesome. Like, I, I, I'm going to be doing this for a while now, and I'm going to be working hard at this and setting up these workshops and creating these leaders and everything. And then you go to the NCAA, and then you're like, now, you know, I think this is what I want to do. <laughs> and I think what's so great about that is that you're just taking advantage of these scenarios, and you're working as hard as you can right. and loving it so much to the point that you're like, not only could I keep doing this, I want to keep doing more and more of it and get to a higher position where I can affect and help more people.
1: Yes. You know, I will tell you some of the best advice I got early in my career from, from Felicia and from others was, <clears throat> and it was advice I needed, it was don't always look towards the next step. Be, a, be the best you can be where you're at. Maximize everything about what you're doing. If you are truly at the at the the apex of what you're doing currently, other opportunities will come. People will notice. Other entities will notice. opportunities I I, I was not when the NSA position came up came around, and there was a mutual interest of sorts, if you will. Um, I I was. You always kind of have a soft look out there. I was four years into my role here, but by no means i I saying I'm going to go to the NCAA one day. In fact, I never thought about working at the NCAA. In fact, I would say maybe I didn't even want to work at the NCAA. And you see yeah. how many individuals are truly passionate and are, are champion, champions rather for those on campus at the conference level who are really trying to make a difference of managing this huge entity that is the NCAA from you know every everyone within that structure and and, and honestly you know and say is it's a membership so you know, our campuses and conferences are also part of that conversation too but um, i never i never envisioned that but you know you really just be be the best you can here and you know in college try to be the best student athlete and and sack president and grad student that could and that led to you know somebody saying hey that's that's impressive let me connect you with someone then coming here and just trying to do the best i could which then caught the eye of you know those at the the next level and um so i i really just want to continue to be the best that i can i think there's areas i can still grow and develop um okay
0: that's great um i want to ask you some questions sure uh before we end here one of which i may regret asking (laughs) but i'm gonna ask it anyway um not in terms of how i'm scared you might respond not at all i'm really curious but it just may open up a can of worms okay and that's because we've talked about it two different occasions prior to this podcast on whether or not you believe NCAA athletes college athletes should get paid. <laughs> and this is coming from somebody that works in the NCAA so it'd be very interesting to me. <laughs> you know, and you I, can refuse to answer like really no pressure. I mean, it's not a big deal.
1: What I will say is that I I trust that as the this topic continues to be discussed and evaluated that all all involved in this from the committees that are looking at it, to those at our shop that are looking at it, um, campuses and conferences, that whatever the result may be, regardless of what I feel, that it will be in the best interest of the student athlete, Um, that it makes sense for this industry, that it makes sense for all all members of our membership, um, all student athletes within our membership. That is my, I'm optimistic in that way. Whether I feel they should be paid or not, I mean that's that's my opinion, and um, it is what it is. But I, in the end, I hope that whatever decided to do it, not to do it, and a portion of it, whatever it may be, that it it benefits all and not just a subset of this this membership in in NTA. I think that's
0: a good outlook. I would agree. I I. I think part of the reason why this has been a conversation for so long is because there's not an easy answer and they're trying to find the answer. I mean, it's going to take time. time. I really don't even have a strong opinion one way or the other, to be honest, because it's just not that easy of an answer. It's too complex. It's
1: really not. It's really not. It's hard to say because you can see both sides and it's hard to say, well, this side is definitely definitively right or no, no, Mm no, this side is because there's so many different nuances that come with it and, and, and tenets that come with it and... Um, we'll see where this conversation continues to go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so then a couple other, I like just throwing out like random questions sure. sometimes, just kind of get to know the person a little yeah. better, uh, which this has been so fun, like seriously. Um, thank you for taking the time. Oh, like, One of the easiest conversations I've ever been in doing this. Um, what do you miss most about Lubbock or Texas Tech, one and the same? Which, like... um
1: The people. For sure, I miss the people. I, I am drawn to the people here. Um, outside of my first year, I, I mentioned earlier. Right, right. And, you know, after that, things got. I joined a CrossFit gym, Capstone CrossFit. Shout out to, Cap, to Capstone CrossFit. <laughs> yeah, um, they're not paying us. Either, yeah, they're not paying way. me to say this either. <laughs> uh, Russell Butler and at the time, the Brandegers and Osborne Osborns that were owning that. But I um, I miss the people. I miss the queso. I miss the queso. Oh we, yeah, we the have, queso. Queso not the same up in mm-hmm. up in uh, the north, up in Indy. Um, I miss Texas Tech wise. I, I miss. the tradition here. I I love the the tradition from. And I hope I'm not messing this up and forgive me out there in, in land, but the Carol lights. I loved doing that every year. I love, um, you know, game days and and. Um, two days away. Two days away, right? I I loved um, just just the environment, the feel, the the passion. Uh, that that folks have here for for Texas Tech that I had mm-hmm. for Texas Tech, I, I loved. Um, I really did enjoy enjoy this campus. A beautiful campus. Just driving through campus today to come here. It's a beautiful campus. I even stopped, got a couple, couple snaps that I sent out, sent back home to some some folks. It's just, it's just a beautiful, yeah. And and even colleagues from the national office that come visit campus, they come back and say, hey, you worked there for four years. It's it's, it's not bad. It's, yeah. it's, it's pretty nice." Um, but all in all, the people, the people were phenomenal, especially my last at least two and a half years here. Um, and I've even there was times where I considered like, whatever, go back to loving. And, and if I did, it'd be because of the people. Yeah. Like I, I, there's, I mean, both at work and in a personal sense, there were. I've been in weddings, two weddings since I left as as a groomsman. Um, Just to kind of give you an example, the bond I I built with some folks. um, That's that's probably what I miss the most.
0: Well, hey, this has been amazing. Justin, thank you so much. Pleasure. For joining us. Seriously, an honor. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate having me.